This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Yannick Marien. And I'm Luc Olivier Dumeble. And our topic this week is... Libraries Rocks. Oh, oh, okay. I, I was told, uh, I was not told what the, the topic was going to be this yes. week, and it was a surprise, and now yes. I see why. Okay. Uh, and maybe maybe before we go into the follow-up session, I did tell you that you would not expect me to talk about this topic. I'll have additional comments on that in a bit. Uh, but first, <laughs> Good. we both have some follow-up. Uh, so I want to start off by uh, mentioning something I forgot to mention on the last episode, which is uh, Vortex Gallery Online 2023 starts this weekend through until March 5th. Uh, this is a hu- uh, around 120 finding game tournaments that are being held over the next month across the world. Uh, it's going to be the second time I'll be volunteering as chat moderator for Vortex Gallery. Uh, I uh, contributed when they were uh, doing all of the side events at Evo uh, last summer. Um, but I will be in Twitch chat every weekend uh, for the month of February. Uh, so come and find me in Twitch chat and be on your best behavior. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, as it's being released, uh, it may be too late for you to enter the first two weeks of tournaments by the time you hear this. But uh, enter what you can if you're a fighting game player, spectate what you can't, and donate to the prize pools on Matcherino if you want to show appreciation to the players who will be playing at these tournaments. Continuing on the theme of fighting games, uh, I have some follow-up for episode 165, Literally Completely Backwards, which was about fighting game netcode. And as you may remember, because of that title, on that episode, I mentioned how Tekken 7's implementation of rollback netcode was implemented literally completely backwards. And (laughs) their staff was very unresponsive to feedback implying that it was implemented wrong. Last weekend was the Tekken World Tour 2022 finals, and we got some interesting news. So first off, uh, Tekken 8 gameplay mechanics were shown off in detail for the very first time, and at least to me as a casual Tekken player, it looks very exciting. Uh, I know all of the Tekken diehards are bitching about it, um, and I understand where they're coming from, but as someone who only plays a little bit of Tekken, uh, it looks sick. But my first concern when I was looking at this sick new game was the developers are stubborn assholes who are going to ruin this game with bad (laughs) netcode. Oh, my God. And I was very sad. Um, Luckily, they kind of saved it uh, because immediately afterwards they said that Erika, who wrote, uh, well, who is responsible for Tetris the Grandmaster, which we have talked about numerous times on the show, and also who Mm -hmm. wrote rollback netcode for their own fighting game, Fighting EX Layer, would be working on netcode for Tekken 8, which is great uh, because their rollback works great. So Tekken 8 is saved. We later found out that Erika is also taking over development responsibilities for the rest of Tekken 7's lifespan, including potentially bringing improvements to online play. So reading between the lines, it sure sounds like Erika was brought in to finally explain to Bandai and Amco what they've been doing wrong when it comes to implementing <laughs> rollback. And that not only will they be building it into Tekken 8 on day one, but they are also going to be retrofitting it into Tekken 7 sometime later this year, uh, because the entire next season of the Tekken World Tour is going to be Tekken 7. This is making me pretty excited, and I kind of want to go back and improve at Tekken 7 so I can be slightly less terrible at Tekken by the time Tekken 8 comes out, probably sometime in 2024. Um, but yeah, um, maybe Harada finally got the memo uh, that uh, Tekken's netcode is not flawless, even though it is trying to be rollback, but not quite really rollback. <laughs> Uh, so good news for Tekken fans, uh, as long as you can tolerate the Tekken 8 mechanics, which I can. So that's it for me. What do you have? Good. So in my last episode, episode, uh, 197, procrastination is part of the progress. I love this title. I know you said it. I still believe that you've put it in your notes in preparation for the episode. But you'll argue against me for those that you always try to inject titles. But I digress again. But in this episode, I did talk about my experience falling in love in, with film photography. And I mentioned part of the art section that uh, with some of my fun adventures and fun issues I ran into with some of the cameras that I got loaned to me, I was in the lookout for a new SLR film body, which um, I, I found one. So <laughs> uh, to kind of stay in the same family, because as I mentioned, uh, when I fell in love with the uh, Minolta SRT 
101. I already bought two lenses. So uh, more or less recently, I saw that in their used section of the Gosling Photoshop, they had the Minolta X700, which is a SLR body from the year 81, if I recall correctly. I forgot to write down the date, uh, but early 80s. Uh, so it is kind of a fully electronic uh, SLR bodies. That's kind of a big difference compared to the 20 years older uh, SRT one-on-one, which is fully mechanical. But I've shot a roll through it, uh, which is was fun, full of light leaks, but uh, the the light seals from the door were kind of meh, so I kind of like... Uh, took a guess or took a gamble by trying to shoot a roll, which uh, meant, uh, funny funny enough, Tony named this this uh, artful or art craft project that I had done last Friday. He was like, yeah, what did you do last Friday? Isn't it related to, uh, to photography? He's like, yes, it is related to photography. I just changed light seals <laughs> on the body itself. So I'm pretty eager now to have my own SLR. Uh, for sure, I was always grateful for people that would lend me gear take care great care of it but it is different to have your own gear like i don't want to say you i'm careless with it but again i am a bit less care i'm a bit less careful with it like i don't i want to be careful i want to keep it for a long time but at the same time i'm less worried that oh my god what will happen if i accidentally break it or things like that because it is not my own so uh i expect this one to stay in the family for uh, you know what? I won't make any promise for <laughs> long uh, because uh, I wouldn't be surprised that if I say a time span or a time slot, that that would just age poorly. But <laughs> let's put it this way. I'm pretty happy with it. And um, I'm pretty happy now that uh, I have a SLR body on the film side uh, that I can have for me. It's funny how to hear you talking about like being more careful with other people's things, people's things than your own. Because this week I lent a cookbook to someone at work and I told them like, oh, yeah, yeah, just bring it home. It's a Japanese cookbook. So I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, bring it home. Tell me what recipes you you find interesting and I'll translate them for you into French or English or whatever. And they refused to take it home. Because they were like, oh, no, no, it's too special. I'm too worried I'll damage it. So I'll just leave it at the office. And I'm like, I, I, I don't like you leaving it at the office. I would rather you go with it. <laughs> um, but uh, whatever. It stayed at the office. And I picked it up earlier today because I was too afraid to leave it there <laughs> any longer. Um, but yeah, uh, I totally understand that that feeling. Seeing other people do it to me this week. It was really funny. Yeah, and not to say that I'm rough with my own things, but it's just that, like, you know what? If I break my own device, like, it's my own fault, right? Um, and so you you do remove some kind of le- small level of anxiety when something that you do like f- that is being loaned to you, uh, you don't you really want to make sure that it gets back to its appropriate owner in the right state that they lended it to you. Good. So that ends our follow-up section and this week we'll talk about books so yeah Nick, have you read any books recently does manga count uh, i guess uh that you kind of took taking me by surprise i i would say are they in physical form yes they're not like okay i would say yes then Okay, well, yeah, so the only books I buy are manga, <laughs> which is, like, okay. unsurprising, I guess. Um, I, I'm i actively following two manga series, so as soon as new uh, volumes are made available in Japan, I order them and spend a ridiculous amount on shipping. Oh, yo, yo, <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, so um, this week I want to talk about books, and the reason I say it in a funny way is because... I'm not really a book person. That's what I thought too. That's why I, when I saw, well, you're probably going to allude to this, but you posted a photo that had a book in it on Instagram the other yes. day. And I was yes. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yes, uh, I did post. I mean, it, again, um, I'll say it multiple times. There, It is not a photo book episode, but yes, don't be surprised why I'm reading books. It's about photo stuff. Are you really, really surprised? No. Not really. But I don't want to talk about the books themselves. I just want to 
to talk this week about my, and I call it a rediscovery because I remember when I was younger, I think when we were kids, it was still a, um, kind of good, not a good, ah, I don't want to put any connotation to it, but it was an activity that you would do is read books, but also go to the library and exchange books. That's uh, one way I did spend a lot of time looking at car magazines, to just give an example. But what I realized is in the past few weeks, I kind of rediscovered the magic of the municipal library system and using it to fuel this willingness to read more. Um, and what I realized through that is even while I consider my life of reading books, like I'm not a really too much into reading books and especially into fictional uh, mm. material. And I think that even went down the drain even faster since I first gained access to the interwebs. Uh, in the last decade, a majority of uh, the last two decades, I would even go to do to say that like uh, the majority of the reading I've been doing is on screens, on computers, on laptops, on smartphone. Um, but again, even there, uh, I'm not really good at RSS. Even if I try to do uh, RSS every couple of years, I would just end up with another inbox that I don't keep up really good with it. Or uh, the other, I'd say that exhibit B is if I were to show you my Safari app on the phone, I think I have like 50 tabs open, <laughs> which is just like you browse the web, you see posts on Mastodon, you're previously on Twitter, you would just look at things and people are like, oh yeah, go read my blog post about topics X or topic Y. And it's like, oh yeah, it's interesting, but I don't want to read it now. So let me leave it me open. And read later services to me are another inbox where I think I've... I've cleaned up my Instapaper uh, queue by just ignoring it. Let's put it this way. And my read later queue in Safari is full of, it's kind of clean, but it's full of like one day when I have time, I want to read those links, which more or less means I will never read them. Um, so while I do read a lot, but I don't read a fictional material and I would tend to generalize that the content I read on the web is not something that would be considered long form. And I don't want to go into a big discussion about the possible demise of long form writing on the web. Like that's not this week's topic. <laughs> but when I say to people, I'm not a book person, I, I try to, in the years, to stop saying I'm not a, like, I don't read because I think that's a complete lie. I do read a lot, but I don't read wrong form anymore, and nor do I read too much fictional stuff. In preparation of this episode, that and looking at the recent books I've got on loan from the library, I kind of realized that, yeah, I haven't read any long form content since maybe I'd say college or university. I, I think university, but I have a nick. I have a clear memory of one of my English literature class, but I know the book was full of short essays, so it's kind of weird to call <laughs> it long form ways of, it was a big book of short essays. But I think that's one of my recent, and I put it in scare quote, recent example where I had to read something that is considered quote unquote long form, but that was not because I chose to do it. Uh, another kind of clear memory I have is when I received from my aunt the first copy of the the first book of Harry Potter, and I remember she reading the first chapter where it describes, if I recall correctly, kind of describes the way to get to Harry's house. I might be wrong. It was literally like twenty five years ago, and I got bored. And then when I got when I got with Tony in the past, the recent years, it was like, yeah, the first few chapters of the first book are kind of boring, but you power through them, and it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, but they lost me there. <laughs> so I kind of summarize which type of reader I am. To go back on reading on the web, that's kind of where I realized I was looking at. A lot of content, but I was trying to find a new way to get content about the new, about this new passion of uh, this, this new passion project that is photography. Again, I'll re repeat: it is not another photo episode. I'm not talking about the content of the book, but I just want to bring you through the 
journey I've been having recently that like made me read more books and also talk about uh, where did I get those books because uh, I've seen those tips a lot thrown on in the webs like hey people like don't neglect your local library and it's like yeah yeah I know I know and then I was like oh I see why people are saying that now <laughs> and I market something I would not say literally weeks ago even like for the past 10-15 years most of the topics I would have been interested to read in the past two decades, uh, they are related to computer stuff. Like, I think with all those nearly 200 episodes, you kind of know what my personal love topics are and what are Yannick's. We talk about video games, we talk about smartphones, we talk about cars, programming languages, photography. Um, but that's when I discovered those topics in my youth. I also quickly discovered that the most up-to-date content was always available digitally. And those topics evolved so, pa- so fast Excuse me, in the past three decades, then having a physical artifact of how something works or something is or how software works, like it ends up being out of date pretty fast. Because at that point, the types of book that I would like to read is like, learn how to pi a turn. Like, I do have, and I recall, I think this book at this point might be 15 years old. And it's like kind of how to Python, and it's a, one of the O'Reilly books, so it doesn't have a shitty t- uh, title like this. But it's really like, learn Python 1.0. Um, or another book, I do have a couple of books about how certain software works. I do have, and I'm looking at it in my shelf in my office i do have one oh i forgot who made them but one of the first few iphone sdk books that i will ever release and then i used to learn how to program the erica sedan one uh no the one i am let me yeah i i think i have this one too but i don't know no i didn't buy this one it's a uh, the one that is a black cover with fruits on it and the series of books is always all with fruits you know what give me three seconds i'll just pick it, <laughs> it is it's from apress there we go that and it's called beginning oh it's it's not iphone 2 it's iphone 3 because i think you're correct the iphone 2 is the other one it's iphone 3 development exploring the iphone sdk and on a quick aside on this book, sometimes I just like look at it, especially after being an iOS developer, professionally speaking, for the last 10 years. And it's funny how the SDK has evolved. First of all, it's all in Objective-C. And again, a lot of the things have evolved so much. The good old days. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of where... I want to... I see those books go. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there are still great books that were produced at the... When they were produced, they were great artifacts or great content. But those were, you would need to buy them at the right time. Meaning that, A, an iPhone 3 SDK book, you wanted it to buy when the iPhone SDK, the iPhone 3 SDK got released. Um, and they do have a shelf life like you can still buy it maybe for iphone sdk 4 iphone sdk 5 but 6 7 like the most of the content might not be out of date but getting old already and when you cross over into swift land then you can forget about that because things are moving so quickly nowadays that you basically have to throw out the book after a year right and later on when we'll talk about the library system my recollection and again my experience right my recent experience more with the montreal one like and i think it's generally speaking like libraries they don't buy the book when they get out right they they buy it when the books as bit has been out for a while i wouldn't be surprised that it's cheaper for them to buy them in bulk at that time too through the partners so it is important for those types of book that you buy them when they're the most fresh and you need to buy them to have access to them if I compare those topics to the types of content I'm looking for, uh, I think there's something quite different. And it's literally this sentiment that those artifacts, those physical books, their content doesn't age at the same speed. And I think this can be described by first, like I'm no longer looking at 
or if I am looking uh, at those type of content, which I am too, but like I'm no longer trying to find how to program into X, which is something that has possibly evolved quite frequently. And I do believe like, or how a software works are, or we could even say a camera works or our specific model of camera works. Like this content is, I think, better suited for digital, like the web or even YouTube videos, uh, because you can get that content when it's fresh and maybe when it's less fresh, like it's still available, maybe a bit harder to find, but its value is diminished. What I realized too is part of the reasons I want to get more books is to read more, it's it's to consume more contents about photography. And it's not just about how-tos, it's really about the art of photography. And I feel that those topics, like there has been, yes, uh, genres or more or less styles of composition techniques and things like that. But like photography exists for the last 150 years. And as an art form, there are a lot of things you can learn that has been discovered or defined by other people in the past that it still applies today. I think a a quick example I can give you, and I think it's funny that you bring up my Instagram story because uh, the example is about a book about uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, which again, I was looking at a lot of street photography videos and a lot of people mentioned uh, his name. And he's a famous uh, French photojournalist that used a lot of black and white, uh, more or less until he retired of doing photography in the 80s. But like, we can still do black and white photography with a digital camera, right? Like, the some of the tools has changed but black and white photography still exists and can be practiced and perfected and things like that and i think that content like those about especially for this case about the art form especially an old art form that is still present and thriving you can consume that even if the book is 50 years old um and because of this longer shelf life that's kind of like hey okay uh, i watch a lot of YouTube videos and things like that, but is there a new place where I can consume different types of content in a different fashion? And that's kind of like, hey, people more recently either promoted their own photo books or recommended to read content about certain photographer or certain books, it's certain book recommendation, which ended up me to kind of like abuse of Tony's uh, library card and just like go on his account and do some research. But before I go into that part of why I did fell in love with the library system, I do realize that this, me spending more time reading books had, um, I guess, a, not an undefined, but a, a side benefit to all of this. To read book, you need time, right? Uh, you need to spend time in front of a book reading it. Um, and when you're busy, like we all are, uh, you need to find time. Like you cannot cut on food, you cannot cut on work, or we all wish we could cut on work sometimes. <laughs> uh, you cannot also cut on your sleep. So you need to cut on something that is maybe less important. And as I've discussed in previous uh, episode, like episode 148, the social IP place, I am generally trying to find ways to replace time doom scrolling on any social network or just like mechanically scrolling on social network and kind of, I say lower, but maybe transform the time I'm spending in front of the phone or I can for sure lower if I'm not in front of the phone and reading a book, that's less time spent in front of the computer, but kind of trying to get rid of this dependency uh, or this kind of want to mechanically scroll something. And I started to more or less took the time I would just chill before going to bed. We, I say we because I am 100% sure that most people have this tendency nowadays to just look up at their phone before going to bed or in the bed, just like chilling out. And I discovered that doing that for 15, 20, and sometimes like you get lost and you spend an hour or two uh, reading. Like I ended up in, um, I don't want to say a nappy place, but it allowed me to do those period 
know, to break those different periods. Like sometimes I would just like end work and go read 15 minutes just to find a way to change my energy. I might have either a stressful day or I might be tired for the day. And I don't want to bring this energy uh, in the later part of my life, right? Um, and especially I'm still uh, working a lot from home. So like crossing the door from my office to the rest of my apartment is not enough a good transition to kind of like leave certain energy at quote-unquote work and change uh, your attitude or your emotion uh, in your more uh, personal life. So I did discover, and again, it might sound uh, dumb, and I I say it and I wrote it in my notes and I kind of realized like... (laughs) I read my own thinking about it. It's like, it's kind of captain, captain obvious, but I do feel, and that's kind of why I bring it up again, is you might hear it from a lot of people, but it is something that you have to experience yourself before kind of feeling the benefits or not. You might just kind of don't have this patience or this willingness to spend time and look at written words on the paper, you know? Um, but I did discover more recently that it would help to change my energy in moments in the day and that in the end of a big work day or just in the end of a normal day, it would kind of bring me calmness and prepare me well to just be relaxed before going to bed. So it did mean that I I don't have strong numbers, but I have a feeling that I I use a social network a bit less these days and Let's put it this way. I don't want to go into those reasons, but we still have a shit ton of reasons to not look at a social network. Um, Yannick sent me a couple of links of reasons why just before starting to record today. Let's not talk about <coughs> Twitter here, but um, but yes. So that those two points. So trying to find new content and i say new but again trying to find different content that i used to consume aka web blogs youtube videos about a passion project that i'm working on and also trying to find trying while doing that not spend way much much time on front of my phone in front of my phone excuse me meant that i ended up starting to read books which uh, was a great benefit but now I don't want books to become yet another way to spend money. <laughs> because uh, like all things in life, everything has a cost. Uh, and we can discuss all the expenses. Uh, we did open the show with follow-up about me spending money about film cameras. <laughs> or we can refer to me buying too much film, which happened again the past few weeks. And I always like to send pictures to Yannick, and Yannick always has the best reaction when I send him a picture of a couple of rolls I just bought, which is like, oh my god, not again. But it, it, It's funny because I, I just have this growing backlog of video games, and you just have a growing backlog of film, and we're the same. That's true. That's true. That's true. The main difference, though, is you, you don't send me pictures when you buy a new video game. I you, mean, I you, post you, them to Twitter or for the Vetiverse or whatever, so you see them indirectly. Fair. I do but. see. Yes, I do see them. I do see them. I, I think this topic, the timing of this topic is really funny because last weekend I discovered the the rabbit hole that is manga shelf reorganization videos on youtube oh yeah which which is just people with like thousands of volumes of manga reorganizing their shelves and going to ikea and buying more shelves so that they can have more (laughs) manga and yes i have become obsessed with these videos because i know that my shelf is going to be full soon and that ikea doesn't sell more shelves like these so I sort I was sort of telling myself like oh that is the finite limit of how big my collection of anything can be but watching these videos has completely distorted everything I'm like wow I have nothing I have like 12 manga books or something and they're like 1200 manga books in my collection <laughs> wow yeah no the, I can see that this could be dangerous for the wallet too yes it's funny that you bring this up because um, small digression. When I started to borrow Tony's uh, library card, I, one of the first time I went there, I was literally just going to uh, the, li- the library is about like th- worst case scenario, five minute walk from my place, so it's like literally the next block. 
It's kind of like me in my library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that I think of it, you're correct. It's kind of. I think mine is a bit like it's sh- it's a shorter distance. Mm-hmm. Imagine like TLDR twelve hour without uh, without uh, ducksing Enik, but imagine it in the park versus where it is. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea. Uh, but yeah, um, the first thing I did in the library is just walk around the library, and you should have seen my face when I saw that they had like big shelf full of manga books like the library has mangas what manga isn't Uh, obscure anymore i know i know that's again they also have recent ish video games too i was like what the hell um so so yeah um the other thing that's particularly good for quebec with regards to uh the manga availability is that france has always been a huge manga market so generally like mm. french is one of the first languages to get manga adaptations uh ah. more so than english in many cases uh so even back in the day when i was like i don't know when i actually first moved to trois and i went to the public library there was a pretty sizable manga collection just off the back but France really fucking loves Dragon Ball, and the, <laughs> they had basically all of Dragon Ball at the at the library back in the day. Now I imagine it must be like all of the Shonen Jump stuff, or at least the popular, the most popular Shonen Jump stuff. I don't know. I just saw the manga section, which was next to the teen section, which I was mm-hmm. like, oh, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I think that's how we can start uh, the library rocks section because the first part was like okay youtube with all of its upsides and downsides as one thing for it and i'm about to say that while saying i'm also paying for youtube premiums so take that (laughs) with a grain of salt but in theory the freeness of the content on youtube and on the web is nice and it means that we do have access to a lot of knowledge for free right uh, but before the internet, how p- would people do that? Literally by reading books. So, and the best way to do that without breaking the bank was to borrow books from your public library. Um, I think, I've, I'm not sure exactly. I forgot if it was when we moved to this apartment or y'all, Tony already had the card before we moved. But Tony has been more the, the reading person here. Not surprised. Uh, in my family um and i recall that he might have i i recall he had a reason to get his library card but i didn't know that he also was not using it too much in the end uh because while he reads a lot he has a tendency to read a lot of the same book all the time (laughs) Uh, for example rereading harry potter's series for ten thousand times is a good example of that uh, and it's also like more on the I buy the books side of things. Uh, but in the end, though, it would take advantage of uh, the benefits of having a library card. So I was like, hey, you know what? Uh, the Montreal system, and I guess I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Most libraries these days, they all have their website with their search engine where you put the ISNB or ISBN. No, ISBN. Their, Yes, the ISBN numbers, and you just figure it out. So all of that started with, huh, somebody recommended book X, and I even forgot which book it was. I think I think it started when after going to the museum and watching um, an exposition from a famous other photograph, uh, and there was a book section in the museum store. I was like, oh, yeah. I, I was, like, taking picture of the books, and I was like, Maybe I should look if they're available at the library. Uh, and I think that's more or less how I recall it starting. So um, it was really nice to just look through their search engine and figure out what's available and what's not. One of the things I've... And I wouldn't be surprised that's common for a lot of big cities is that here in Montreal, there's a shit ton of... Uh, libraries under the municipal system and you can borrow books from all of them uh you can go either my thing is you can go either go through the exact physical library and then 
borrow it from there with your own card or you can ask them to transfer a book and funnily enough most of the books i have uh asked to be to borrow were literally transferred so uh, it's like kind of like these days like watching or waiting to to need to get the emails like oh the book is there um uh, and to go there so one of the first things i realize is again to go back to this content as a different shelf life for the the type of information i am looking for type literally the type of content i'm looking for um i ended up having too much books i wanted to read so we're kind of back to the inbox problem but it's not <laughs> too bad because you know what i think restrictions uh, are great for anything in life you can only have six books at the same time when you you cannot loan, you cannot borrow more than six you know what that's perfect because you end up with six and then you realize three days before they're due to be back at the library that you haven't read half of them because you were busy for work so now you end up uh spending a lot of time in your personal life to just read uh those books the other thing i've discovered is that when i said that they might not have the latest up-to-date stuff while it is true it takes my understanding is it doesn't take too too much time. It might be six months to a year. Worst case scenario. Uh, one of the recent books I've borrowed that I still need to read, it's in, in the pile, um, uh, was added recently. And it was, a, I think it was right this fall. And it was a 2021 release. And I first saw it at my own public library in 2022. So if you think about it, you're willing to wait a year, give or take, let's say worst case scenario, two years you can end up with a great amount of catalog that you can have access to for free, literally. Like, Or you could say you paid with your taxes, but let's not care about that. Like, It's literally for free. Um, and one of the great things that I think the Studio Montreal has done more recently is they have removed all the related fees. Like, You don't have any late fees because they realized that uh, it impacted uh, low-income communities. They're like, Fuck it. Nobody has fees at the library anymore. We believe that people will bring them back in time. Or if they're late, that's okay. Maybe I think they might have fees if you break the books. But that I don't know. But I know the late fees have been uh, removed. So yeah. Um, going back to what I was saying a bit at the beginning of this section. Um, I did walk around the library. Because again, I was kind of first lost. Like I looked like a, like a deer in the middle of the street. Being <laughs> blindsided with the lights. It's like, oh, okay. It's been years since I've been there. I have to figure out how it works again. But that's when I walked around. And I discovered that you can borrow CDs. You can borrow yes. DVDs. You can borrow video games. There's a big section of mangas. Like I, like I mentioned uh, I was glad to see that they still do what kept me going to the library when I was like 10, which is magazines. You can still more, they still have a shit ton of subscription to magazine. And I think that one of the first time I just like spent 15 minutes reading a uh, car and was it car and driver or I forgot which one, but one of the big US car magazines like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's been years since I read it, mainly because I don't want to pay for the subscription. Because then it will just end up with a pile of magazines that I read half of them. But you can just go to the library and uh, and read them. Um, and yeah. So I think I'll kind of stop raving and raging about the library just here. Um, it has been quite a discovery to me. And I would strongly invite you, even if like... I think there are moments in life where I talk with friends that like you would possibly naturally come back, especially if you have younger kids and might start to have those requirements from school <clears throat> like we did in the past. So that's maybe why as a, uh, when as an adult that you might have left it or kind of like it came back into your life. But no, no, like give it some time. Go see what's available because I think these days you might be greatly surprised. Um one last surprise that I found out that I think is more like a year ago is one of the big, I think it's called, I forgot the name of that, but it's not the municipal library. I think it's one of the Quebec provincial library that we have here in Montreal. You can, as a Quebec citizen, register to it and they have access to a lot of online subscription. And the reason I came across of it is I wanted to have access to 
one of those tools that mechanics can have access for to get uh, uh, technical built-in from the from the manufacturer, the car manufacturers, or get uh, guides to fix certain parts and all of those information that an independent mechanic can use to figure out okay something is wrong with this car and i don't really know this car but i know cars like what could it be part of their free subscription you can set they have access to one of those tools that usually you can pay a ft premium as a car mechanic to have access to it they just have it for free so with that and with my more recent uh, visits and borrows of that, like I was kind of more or less, um, I think in the end, reflecting on what was the past few weeks of me just renting books, it's kind of like realized, like, don't forget that in the real world, there are physical things that can give you knowledge. And it sounds dumb to say again, but it is something I kind of realized that, yeah, I might have neglected a bit too much because of me being a tech nerd. So it is a cool uh, moment and a cool downturn moment where I was kind of like, okay, I can spend time here and uh, there's a lot of knowledge and I do like to gain more knowledge in general. So I expect that in the weeks to come and in the months to come, I might slow down a bit on the having not having six books at the same time, but for sure having a great rotation of one, two books to keep it fresh and have a different way to consume my passion topics whether it is cars yes right now it's photography but i wouldn't be surprised i will spend time to go look at the latest car magazines like i mentioned or maybe look at what or have fun looking at programming books and see what they have at the library and not just the the uh, microsoft office suite books i went into the i think they call it the computer section uh, I forgot the exact name they use, but it's like really generalist. And I look at all the books and it's like, oh yeah, uh, two thirds of the section is just books about Microsoft Office. <laughs> uh, so which reminded me last time, I because again, like last time I spent a lot of time in the library was literally when I started to be passionate about computers. And I remember looking at those books like, I don't care about Microsoft Word. Give me another book. I like, give me more content. But yeah. Uh, that's that so in the end i want you to uh, leave this episode uh, with if you've neglected going to the library just just go a visit just do a visit most of them my understanding in north america you just walk and like you don't need to badge in to get in so you can just see what's available in your local library and if you find something interesting get your membership uh, and hopefully you live in a city like I am and like Yannick is uh, where it's super cheap or even free to get a membership. And I hope you do. It's really funny because I've I, I probably less went to the library like maybe 10 years ago, maybe more. And yep. I haven't been since. I, I don't think like th- there are no books I'm particularly interested in reading. And I don't think books are what are, are, are going to draw me in. But I think... I've always heard like, oh, they have video games now. And I'm like, really? That's so weird. Uh, I kind of am curious and want to see if we have any of that here just to know. But like, I don't know. I, I've, I'm i going to disappoint all of the heavy readers in the audience, <laughs> but I'm not particularly drawn to books at all, fiction or nonfiction, uh, just because it feels like the internet is right there and I have I significantly struggled to think that the content in an out-of-date book is going to be better than what I can find for free on the internet. And it's just, it's very hard to work through that. And I know there can still be like recent books that came out and stuff like that. But if I wanted to read those books, I would just buy them and I don't want to buy them. So I don't really understand what I'm missing. But again, I, I think I'm just... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm the right audience for books. <laughs> Fair. And I'm happy that you bring how you feel about this because I would echo a lot of what you said. And I think that's kind of why I had, I would, I was bringing it while not talking about the photo books themselves. I think the fact that I'm looking for that and don't get me wrong. I'm not looking at only books with images like. There is some, like the one that you saw on the Instagram story, which is 
conversation about yeah. this with this fo- uh, this famous photojournalist. So there's text to read. Uh, don't worry about that. But the idea is, for example, yes, this you can find. I wouldn't be surprised on the web how this photograph thought of his own process. Like I, I'm sure all of this content can be found. But what I've also realized is it's a good way to not look at your phone too. You know, this content doesn't change. This guy is dead. Is dead since 2004. So there's no new thoughts about him or new anything new about him because he's dead for the last 20 years. Yeah, like old philosophers and all that stuff. Like you're basically just buying reprints of the same thing that has been made for hundreds of years. Right. And again, uh, where is this book? I have a book next to me again, and this this one is about shapes and composition, and. Yes, it's a new, a recent book. I think this one is 2021. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised I could borrow a book from 1960 or 1910 where somebody think talks about about how to do good composition or what do they think a good composition is and would still be valuable for a photographer from this year. I think the main difference is sometimes we just don't care about what people in the past think. Uh, and... I'm not saying that I care, don't get me wrong, uh, or that I, like, I say that I don't want to be pretentious here. That's, that's more what I'm trying to, to convey is, yes, you might care, you might not care, but I think the main difference is, like, this hasn't changed even if we're using computers as, as cameras. Like, I think you can still focus on the art and people might have different opinions from, a hundred years ago from two days ago on Instagram. Like people, every people have different opinions about it. But so it does mean that the content of a big, a book that is 20 years old, or even from somebody that uh, was a photojournalist doing black and white in the sixties might have a way of thinking that could not improve, not change, but kind of inspire me. Um, so that's, I think why I am now okay with it is the kind of saying like, yeah, I would naturally go on the web because we're kids from the from the nineties where we grew up with the internet in the early two thousands. Like we do everything on the web, uh, but there are ways to get different information. Which I wouldn't be surprised that certain type of information, not that they're not available, but it could be easier. Uh, not uh, easier, but definitely accessible on books so i'm eager to see that uh and i wouldn't be surprised i can discuss this uh more in future episode at follow-up section see like am i keeping up with this uh is it becoming after more than i think at this point two months i'm at two months right now give or take um so it's our yeah it started before christmas so yeah two months but we'll see in six months Will I drop it and go back on the web? Who knows? Uh, will I change the, the books or the magazines I bring home uh, to other passion projects? I don't know. But uh, to me, there it is a new vector of content that I am happy that I have rediscovered that and I, and that I remember in my youth, like up to. 15 12 i would say yeah like i i remember enjoying spending time at the library so it kind of gave me those feelings again too in the recent week so that's what i wanted to share uh with you all i feel like i read too much when i was a kid and that's why i'm burnt out on books permanently it's just like I, and i really? think like, you read too much huh yeah because when i was like in first second third grade uh the english school program had this uh, software program called accelerated reader where you had to read a book and then it would ask you questions about the book and huh. i was an extremely fast reader to the point that they didn't actually believe that i was reading the books by how fast i was reading them but then i took the accelerated <laughs> reader test and i would get like nine out of ten ten out of ten on all the tests and they were like this guy is just a fucking machine. We're just not going to have him uh, do the normal reading program. We're just going to send him to the library. And so I went to the library and I read basically every good book in the Shawinigan High School library at the time. And then I just sort of ran out of stuff that I was interested in reading. Uh and I feel like I completely burnt out of the idea of fiction in, well, I, to some degree, like fiction in general, even in video games to some degree, I think I can attribute that to oh. just having read too much in in grade school. And now, like, 
I have such a hard time getting invested in anything that has a story. I'm more interested in being sort of immersed in a place or an ambience, which is why I tend to favor games with like very good environmental designs or uh, like the manga I read has no plot. It's just like my the manga I'm collecting right now is just a cooking manga where they make food that looks really good. Oh my goodness! I I would you know what I was not expecting to now understand why you're not a story person in video games by talking about books. I just want to hang out in the cool aesthetic, and uh, wow! So like, part of me is just like I I don't know I I sort of fail to see like the informational the the good that is going to come out of reading books from an informational point of view just because I. I, I really don't see it uh, for the kind of information that I seek. The other thing is, like, y- you mentioned the time thing. You have to shave time off of something else to do it. Like, I really feel like I'm constantly lacking time. So I am not really willing to sacrifice anything for books, unfortunately. Fair. Unless they're manga that I want to hang out in. And looking less at my phone is not really a problem that I think needs solving for me. Because I don't think it negatively impacts me the way that it negatively impacts a lot of other people. Wow. I think looking at my phone and being on social media does a lot of good for me. And that's why I was so devastated by Twitter dying in part. uh, And why I'm kind of, I'm understanding of the people who are having a hard time moving off of Twitter because for some of us, that is our social life and having it disrupted is a big thing so well, yeah while i agree with you i think you're kind of starting to spoil your own next episode <coughs> it's not actually so, going to be related okay. to that but okay um, that's good i thought it was so that's why i was making this comment i mean it's the topic you think it is but it's also not okay so i, I guess that will be my uh oh you're spoiling my part of your topic next for the next episode possibly uh you'll you'll see if it ties into it but anyway uh, that was my big digression talking about myself, which is what I always do on the show. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I will on that. I think you saying that you stopped reading because you were a too good reader, I think is your best brag. Like, I think it will be des- described as the best Yannick brag on this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, sure. <laughs> but you can wrap it up. Fair enough. Okay, so if you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can go to your public library and it's not going to be there. <laughs> oh my goodness, I know you would do You that. can also go to LimitlessPossibility.net slash 199. You can find all of our episodes at LimitlessPossibility.net. The show is on the Fediverse at Limipo underscore podcast at Mastodon.social. You can also find us individually. I am Sakarina at website, and you are at luco at mastodon.social and we'll see you in two weeks see you in two weeks